Cape Talk Hiking with Tim Lundy. Hiking with Tim Lundy is brought to you by Hightech Sports. Hello, Tim Lundy. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad, and you? Yeah, I can't complain. Well, you're actually doing better than me because you got to go hiking and you're going to go hiking again this weekend. Is that right? I am, yes. I've got some um, some clients that want to go and do some cave exploring. So <gasps> no, yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a career change. <laughs> I need a career change. <laughs> okay, so tell us a little bit about the hike you just got behind you, which is, I believe, Grootkop. Yeah, so Grootkop, um, we basically, uh, somebody had asked me, they wanted to go for a hike, and um, I had to sort of rack my brain as to a walk that I wanted to do, and one that I hadn't done for a long time, So, and Grootkop came into my mind straight away, so that's the one that I picked. Okay, and how did it go? Tough. So, oh. yeah, I know it's a tough, tough walk, and, but I, I need to do tough because at the end of the month, I'm doing a Rankis Corp, which is known as the king of all weekend trails. So I'm prepping for, for the next big one, which is the, the Rankis King Corp. of all weekend trails. I have to ask you about that. But first, Tommy, where is Groot Corp? I, I don't know it. Okay. So if you look at the 12 apostles, um, probably about three yeah. quarters of the way along the, the 12 apostles from sort of Camps Bay side, you basically, um, Get Groot Corp. It's, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. its name says, it's it's a it's a big big corp. <laughs> <laughs> so it's um, if you can imagine where the Twelve Apostles Hotel is. Yep, yep. It's just a little bit further along. A little bit up, further. Yeah. Okay. So it's easy to access. No. <laughs> That's the one thing. It's not uh, is definitely not easy to access. It's easy to to get to mm-hmm. on on the routes, mm-hmm. but the routes are you, you need right. to to work quite hard so at it. So how long? A hike is it, and how difficult a hike is it? So the one that I did, um, the one that I've chosen on three different occasions that I've done, Rotkop, is um, Sekabosi Restaurant. Mm-hmm. From there up Landadna Corner, and then past Judas Peak, and then all the way along to the base of Rotkop, and then it's a climb up to the top. And how long does that take? That the whole trip took us like six, a round trip, like there six and, back. and a half hours. And who's us? I mean, is there, is there children in this group? No. Is, because it was, the degree of difficulty as well as yeah. I'm trying to gauge. So there were four ladies with me that are, are seasoned hikers. So they, yeah, I, I think I battled to keep up with them. At one point they were, they were quite, um, okay. fit. <laughs> okay. And so you're saying this is quite a tough hike. It is, yeah. And so you can, you can access it from, from other places. It's not mm-hmm. just Sakeboss. You can actually access it from Camps Bay. You can even, if you're really up for it, you can access it um, from Newlands as well. But okay. That, that would be, but that's going to be much further. That would be a colossal. Yeah. Yeah. It would yeah. Be, be a very, so an very… all day. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we got up, we started at 7.30. Yeah. So the last time I spoke to you, also, I was standing in for Leicester about two, three, maybe four weeks ago. Um, you had been to… Fish River. Fish River, yes, yes. And I was saying, you know, you're making me think of when I used to hike a couple of years back and I want to get back into it. And I wasn't just saying that. I was was very serious. So one of the questions I want to ask you is, if you don't mind, to give me some advice. And actually, maybe there are listeners who also want some advice. Let me just remind them. Call us on 021-446-0567, SMS 31567, WhatsApp, 0725671567. 0725671567. It's Anne Vensel in for Lester Kivett, and I'm talking with 
Tim Lundy, hiking with Tim Lundy, and I want to get a little bit of advice from him on what I need because one of the things that I know is very important is my footwear. Yes. So because, you know, it has to be very tough, it has to be durable, but it must also be flexible. Um, it must have a certain type of sole and also uh, keep me dry because when you hike, sometimes you get wet patches. Yeah. It just depends on where you are. So what do you advise? Look, there's different for different walks. There's different boots um, or different shoes. So, like the shoes that I'm wearing right now are a pair of high techs that um, are. F- you know, some people prefer not to walk with with boots. They basically just they look like trainers, but they've got the grip of a of a boot. Um, so they're a lot more comfortable than a than a boot would be. Um, although I must say the the altitude the the high tech altitude six that I um, wore on the Grootkorp. Mm-hmm. One of the most comfortable boots that I've worn so okay. far, and I've only ever had one other pair that um, was as comfortable, and um, they died on the Fish River. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was really nice that Itek were able to come in and actually mm-hmm. um, give me another pair to to replace them. So, can we talk a little bit about these because? Mm. Um, I follow kind of sneaker development ever so slightly okay. and, and how they use kind of the new high tech fabrics and, uh, is it water resistant and wicking and blah, blah, blah and the new design. So it's all about comfort and, um, purpose. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like with the walk that I did, Grootkorp, um, the, the shoes that I've got now personally for me would not be great because I need the ankle support. And, um, there's a lot of, you know, on the, the way up, it's just up the whole way. You climb, I think it's close to 900 meters. And on the way down, you, you descend 900 meters. So it's a, it's a lot of up and down. And the, sh- these particular shoes wouldn't be ideal for me. Um, for other people, they would be, but f- the ones that I would definitely go for, if you've got weak ankles, are the boots and the, the altitudes are definitely have got the, the comfort factor, and they've also got the Michelin um, sole. So they've actually teamed up with Michelin. And you can get these at Cape Union Mart, and they're exclusive to Cape Union Mart. So they, yeah, I mean, they, they're fantastic shoes, and they they definitely I push them to their limit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think when I do a Rankies Cop, I'm going to definitely be using them again as well mm-hmm. because they're, they're definitely up for the job. So you are a serious hiker. So yeah. you, you, I mean, you do it every weekend. Sometimes <laughs> in the week as well, if it, I'm lucky. But that's what I mean. You're a serious, serious yeah. hiker. How much wear do you think you're going to get out of these, these shoes? Because I'm also going to ask you what they cost. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm doing my own kind of ROI. What's my return on investment? Yeah. How much use do I get out of it? So look, I mean, these particular ones are around about 1718. I'm not particularly sure of the exact price of them. Um, but they, should last you for for me probably a year year and a half. Okay, Which, well that's pretty good because yeah, you're very consistent in your use of them and very I, rugged. I punish them. Terrain. Yeah, I, yeah. I really do punish them um, because not only do I do um, regular walks, I'm doing mountain rescues, and those are often not even on a path. That we we're climbing over rocks, we're climbing through bushes, so mm-hmm. they really do get punished. Mm-hmm. So a year and a half is a is a good. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. for me is good. Um, people who sort of walking maybe three, four times a, a month, you're looking at probably two, three years. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, if you look so, after them and you mm-hmm. dub them and you, you really do take care of them. 
So can we talk a little bit about rescues? Mm. How often does that happen? A lot. <laughs> it does. It does happen. Oops. Although this Oops. time of the year, it is it is slowing down. Thankfully, because of the weather. Because of the weather. Okay. But then you do the the type of rescues change as well because now we're not going to have dehydration cases. We end up having um, more hypothermic cases. Um, people slipping. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was one of those. Even with great yeah, brand new yeah. boots, um, there was another lady. Well, accidents had, do happen. Exactly. And and we were reminded that um, you can have the best boots in the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, a slippery rock is a slippery it's, rock. There's it is no tread in the world is mm-hmm. going to – unless you've mm-hmm. got suckers on the end of yeah. on the bottom of your yeah. feet, you're just not. And I stepped on the rock um, to try and actually help one of the ladies mm-hmm. that actually slipped and fallen herself. Mm-hmm. And I rushed up, stepped on the same rock, and landed up right next to her. <laughs> so – but we were both fine. But nobody was seriously injured. Nobody was seriously injured. We were both very, very lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it just reminded both of us and, and the whole group mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you, you become a little complacent mm. when you, especially when you've been walking for three hours. You, yeah. you kind of yeah. take for granted that every step is just going to be, be the, the same, same as the last one. Yeah. And um, then Mother Nature sort of steps in and goes, and uh, says, by uh-huh. the way. <laughs> you've got to be awake, yeah. You've got to be yeah. awake, yeah. Exactly. So how long have you been involved with rescues? Rescues now, I think I'm coming up for my ninth year. Okay. Um, I, I'd love to tell you how many I've done, but I, I'm honestly, not going to ask. Don't worry. I, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Sometimes it's it's two. I think the most I've done in one day is two or three in a day. I do want to know though, what has been the most difficult rescue you've been involved with? I mean, you don't have to give us names, but just kind of the detail of it. I think the the ones that are the the most difficult are are the ones where life is lost. Um, and where kids are involved as well, those those yeah. can be particularly difficult. You know, most of the little rescues that we do, and I say little, I mean it's five, six hours on the mountain, but those are the little ones. Um, those ones you get over quite quite quickly, and you move on from them. But one where there's life that has been lost, there's a lot more emotional energy that gets spent, and and can be very exhausting. Um, some of them you can last up to three, four days, where you It'll play through your mind constantly. And um, we do have people that, that look after us and, and that we can talk to and stuff like that. And sometimes we do need to go and go and deal with it because it is it is quite a lot to take on. What is some of the rescues that you've been in uh, been involved in or assisted in where people have just basically not used their common sense? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, Just one or two of those, so we can educate people. You yeah, know? no, I mean absolutely, because, but because um, I know a lot of people, they just think, oh, um, it's a beautiful day, I'm going to go for a hike. And then they, they start walking and they don't have maybe water, they don't no. have a little snack, and they might have, might not have on the right. <gasps> They might not have the correct shoes. Saying that, I remember I went up Lion's Head uh, sometime last year and coming um, down was, I'm sure these guys had been out clubbing. <laughs> it's very it's highly possible I can tell because you this is a Saturday morning, yes, and it is before eight. It's like between seven thirty and eight. And these guys are coming down, and the the guys were dressed like very uh, hipster-ish. And I'm looking at their shoes, and I'm thinking, you guys don't look like hikers. And then (laughs) behind them, a few steps behind them, is a girl in heels. 
And her heels were obviously <laughs> fraught at this stage. Yes. And I just looked at them and I thought, no, you've got to be kidding me. It started off with, hey, I've got a good idea. <laughs> That's how it starts off. And one of them did, you know, smell. So it was, it was definitely alcohol was involved in that decision. Yeah, no, I, I don't understand when people go climbing. I mean, I get it initially, but when you really think hard about it, going hiking and then drinking alcohol is just fundamentally a really bad idea. Uh, it's We all know what alcohol does to us, but, and now you're going to try and climb down a mountain after feeling a bit rough. Not a good idea at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it happens, and um, we can only try and educate and let, inform people yeah. and keep them. So what's the most often – what's the scenario that plays out the most often? Depending on the time of the year, so this time of the year, uh, often what happens is people get lost because the weather closes in. So they'll go for a, a short short walk for two, three hours, and it ends up being six, seven hours, and they're left at two o'clock in the afternoon. And so you add seven onto that, you're looking at nine o'clock at mm-hmm, night. Mm-hmm. And on the way here now, when we were driving, I saw in the car, it was eight degrees. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. And that's down here. Up there, you're looking at close to zero. Yeah. So my dad, uh, every once in a while, will tell the story about how himself and his best friend, they're, they're still friends, uh, my favorite uncle, they used to go mountaineering together as young men. And he says the one the one time they went, uh, they were, went up Table Mountain, and the... The tablecloth, the yes. cloud, the cloud the came cap in. Doctor came yeah. in. Yes. Yeah, the cloud came in, and he says, obviously now they know better, but they were about nineteen or twenty, and he said the two of them were kind of stumbling around mm. uh, for a good half an hour before it lifted, and when it lifted, they saw how close they had come to actually tumbling down yes. down the actual mountain. So it, to him, it's always it says one of the. There's two things to him that you, you must, must do. That's besides water and sensible shoes and a hat and, yes. and sunblock. Um, and these two things are keep your eyes on the path. So where you're walking, you've got to look where you're walking. He says it might not be steep, as in you're going to fall down the side, yeah. but there could be snakes. Yeah. There could be, as you said, you don't know where you're going to put your foot, yes. you know, or, or whatever. So, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is if the mist does come in, stop. If it gets misty, if you, if you can't see, uh, rather stop and wait for it, wait for it to, to, to pass because you never know what's going to happen, especially if you, there is a slope involved mm. somewhere. Then that's kind of, um, his, his best bits of advice. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, you can continue as long as you know where you're going. I mean, if you know the route, um, then, then it's not a problem. But if you don't know the route and that mist yeah. closes in, yeah. the only route that you know is what's behind you. And so rule of thumb is turn around and go back. If you don't know where you're going, why do you keep going into it? <laughs> like mm. just don't. But if you've come that way for the first time, then y- you. Yeah, but if you, but you if you can't come, really go back either because you don't know the, the route that well. I, I'm just assuming. I mean, yeah, I'm, but I'm I mean, if you, if you're on a, on a particular path mm-hmm. and, and you know you've gone past that rock yeah. and that bush. Yeah. That's short-term knowledge that you're going to have. Rather right, that right. than, than, than continuing to the right. unknown. Um, and unfortunately, that's one of the mistakes a lot of people make. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. go into the unknown, they carry on going and thinking, this can only get better. 
Mm-hmm. At some point. So generally, I'm not talking just about this kind of situation, but generally, what's your kind of best top three uh, tips for anyone who wants to go hiking? Just generally. Generally, one thing I can definitely say is the first thing is tell somebody where you're going. I don't know how many times we've gone out and, and that person has not informed anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it puts a huge strain on the search yeah. And rescue the search part because we we don't know where we're searching for, the the search area becomes much much bigger. If we know where you are, then it's much easier for us to come and get to, you to find you. Yeah. So first thing, tell somebody where you're going. Tell them when you expect to be back, um, because if you were supposed to be back by five and it's now nine o'clock at night, the conditions have changed. Everything has kind of changed. The the whole game's changed. You 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 can't see, um, because it's yeah. dark. It's cold. You don't have enough warm clothing. It, the mountains at night are a completely mm-hmm. different place. Mm-hmm. And I actually was thinking the other day, I've been threatening to do it for years now, is to actually do a night hike. Nothing hectic, probably on a, on a road or something that, you know, that is going to be safe and mm-hmm. that I know that people aren't going to be walking right next to an edge or anything like right, that. Right, right. Um, but just to give people the idea of what it is actually like, especially on a route that people will know. You know, they know what it's like during the day. Put them there at night. It's a totally, totally different. It's like being on a totally different mountain. And it's, it can be very, very scary because again, your, your visual perception mm, is completely changes. gone yeah. out the window. Yeah. And, and it's a different world, yet it's exactly the same path mm-hmm. that you've been walking on all the time. So mm-hmm. that definitely tell people where you're going to go. Take enough water is definitely one of mm-hmm. them and prepare. For if you're going for a four-hour hike, prepare for the next twenty-four. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that in other words, me. Now I'm <laughs> in other words, pack mm. appropriately. Pack mm. a warm Just top, in case. even if it's sunny. Mm. You know, yeah, even it'll if you change, you don't know. You you expect it to be back at two o'clock, mm-hmm. and you think, well, I mean, it's two o'clock, so mm. pack a torch. Mm. Just in case, you may not need it. You may need it as a weapon. But a friend of mine who always has this fantastic saying <laughs> is rather have prepared. it and that not need it than need it and, and not, not have, have it. it. Mm, sounds like my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. It's, it's so true, though, because it, it's, it's one of those things that if you – when you're out there and it's too late and you're going, damn, I should have, I should have packed this or I should have had that, and you don't. Mm, so yeah. it, Then what do you do? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely pack as if you were going for 24 hours. Don't plan to do the 24 hours, do the four hours, mm. but be prepared that if Just something were to happen, mm-hmm. you know, and you can be as experienced as you want to be. A slippery rock is a slippery rock. And if you slip on it and you wipe out, it's not going to discriminate against because you don't know the mountain as well. You're going to slip as a human being. You're going to go down and it can be a complete game changer. You could be there. As I say, the, the, the most the average kind of rescues that I go on around about five, six hours. So just very quickly before we uh, say goodbye to you, um, your next hike, tell us a little bit about that. So my next, well, the one on, on, on Sunday that I'm going to be doing mm. is um, it's Silver Mine, and we're going to go into, I'm going to take these people up onto the crags, which overlooks Takai, and then walk all the way to Elephant's Eye Cave, and yeah, take them for a little bit of an adventure there and then take them down to, back down to the dam at Silvermine, which at this time of the year, I think with the rain that we've had 
will be special because all the rivers will be flowing, nice, crisp, clean water. All the bushes are nice and it's cold, but it is, it's fresh and it's, it is beautiful in its own right. Okay, so we've got a listener agreeing with you. I recommend on hikes to always pack a potent headlamp. Small, super light, and very useful when you need it. So there we go. And I look forward to hearing, um, I will be listening to the report back on this hike because it sounds fantastic. Thank you very much, Tim, for being with us in the yeah, studio. Thank you very much. At Hightech, they are driven by the belief that the outdoors is for everyone, no matter who you are or where you are from. You deserve to experience what the outdoors has to offer. In a world where we spend 90% of our lives indoors, they're here to give people the freedom to explore a little further and enjoy the moments that unfold. Each season, Hightech evolves their design and technologies, all with a single purpose in mind, to get the world outside. In a country where 30% of all